0: We have a very special guest that will be preaching this morning, Christo Pretorius. Uh, How many of you know Christo? Yes? How many of you think he's a great guy? (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I had to introduce Christo to you and you've never met him before, I think I would have to say he's one of the most genuine guys that I've ever met and the most sincere uh, person. He is married to Tabea. He's got three beautiful kids. And um, yeah, the one thing that I appreciate about Christo is he's the kind of guy that you can give a call. And if you're having a really rough day and to be able to just share your heart with him and have a brother come alongside and just encourage you and pray with you, he, he's the type of guy. Not that I only call Christo when I'm having a bad day. But um, no, just guys, we honor you as a family. Uh, Christo leads the Every Nation Church in Paul, and there are some amazing things happening there. He's got an incredible team. Uh, When we do have our regional meetings and Christo brings his team, it's just the the quality of leaders that are are in Paul with the, the church are amazing. So we honor you for just the work that you're doing there, Chris, and please welcome, we welcome you up here. Um, why don't you welcome him?
1: Thank you, Ricky. It's really a privilege to be here this morning with you guys. I normally, uh, preach in, in Afrikaans, but English, I'm good in English. I'm, I'm good in English, so you'll be okay. I didn't say I'm great, I'm good, um, but it's really a privilege to be here. It's an honor. Thank you for the elders, Anthony, Eugene, you guys. Thank you for entrusting your people to me for this 30, 40 minutes that we're going to share together. But I just really sense while we were worshiping that there's something to, that's going to turn, change in this congregation. The devil has planned a lot of stuff, distraction to bring, to bring hurt into people's lives. But God's going to change it for the good. There's anointing on this congregation to impact Somerset West like you've never seen before. I really sense you're at a turning point. My wife, while we were worshiping, just leaned over and said, love you. I just feel there's a fine tuning coming into this congregation, a fine tuning. And I want you to become excited about it. God's not done with you yet. He's only starting. He's only starting. Better days are up ahead. COVID will not kill us. COVID will not stop us. It will make us stronger. Elena, you know, there's anointing in your life to worship. The devil came with a, with a couple of schemes to stop you, to distract you. But that's your calling. There was such a sweet sense of God's spirit this morning. Thank you. Thank you for ministering to us with your gift. Don't doubt your gift. There's something beautiful about it. But I, but I really sense there's a devil portion coming. I really sense that. Don't hold back. Let it go. Let it fly. God's going to use you mightily. There's really, you, you're not a performer. You're a worshiper. You're a daughter enjoying her dad. And God enjoys that. So keep, keep boldly worshiping, leading his people into intimacy with him. I just want to encourage you with that. That was really something amazing this morning. And I really just want to honor the elders and peer. You guys have been doing a stellar job here in Somerset West. And we can learn so much from you guys. So thank you for honoring God. Thank you for serving Jesus. Thank you for loving people. Guys, you're doing a great job. Anthony, you guys. Thank you so much. And then I just quickly want to introduce my family. This is my lovely wife. I don't know if Ricky uh, introduced them, but this is Tobia, Carla, Christian, and Jos. And I'm, uh, I'm privileged that they came with me because it's Father's Day, but they came with me. So thank you so much. I believe you guys are in a new sermon series, and I think this is week four, The War on Wisdom, A Journey Through pro- Proverbs. I want to encourage you, as you go through this sermon series, go read Proverbs. Okay, it, 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 it won't help if you just listen to the sermons. Make it practical for yourself. Go through uh, Proverbs. L- um, um, read, through, I'm perfect, learn. read through Proverbs yourself and see the impact that God's going to have in your life. Because these sermons will make a lot more sense if you allow the Holy Spirit to work with you in the quiet time. In the place where it's only you and God. So week one, I I believe you guys spoke about the fear of the Lord, then walking in in lordship. Then Pete spoke last week about humility. Today we're going to speak about Bible-defined manhood. Now, if you're a lady here, you're welcome still, all right? (laughs) Sometimes the Bible refers to the sons, and he's actually including the ladies as well. He's including his wife. So I pray that there will be some, some nuggets that you'll be able to take for yourself as a lady as well. But... Maybe this is also for your husband, more, more for your husband. Says, this is not the time, as I preach, to go, as I know. Th- this is not that time, all right? This is Father's Day. Let's, 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 like, let's allow dad to feel like a champion and a hero today, all right? Let's not, in all right? Uh, so there will be certain things that's going to stand out. Uh, ladies, pray for them. Encourage them. Support them. Help them to become the man that God intends them for them to be. That God is dreaming about them. So ladies, you are welcome in this, in this, in this service. And what an amazing opportunity to, to, do, to speak about the definition of man from the Bible's perspective on Father's Day. And I really sense that God has planned this and aligned this so that he can work with his sons, his boys, this morning. As I was praying, I really sensed the Father telling me, Christo, I want to spend time with my boys this morning. See, when we approach God as men, we don't approach Him as the Father. We don't approach Him as the hireling. We don't approach Him as the slave. We're We're not slaving for God. When we approach the Father, we approach Him as sons. This can't be a more appropriate. Can you just go back to the to the previous slide? This can't be a more appropriate topic for the sermon series. There's a war waging in the world. Satan is waging a war against the men of the world. Because you know what? If he can get the hold of the men, if he can confuse the men, if he can steal his their security, if he can steal their identity, half the battle is won. Because if dad doesn't know he is in the family, the kids will struggle as well. When dad doesn't have security, the wife will struggle as well. Dad, you play a vital part in the family, and the devil knows it. And he's gunning for you. You need to know that. You are the flag bearer, the pole bearer, the standard bearer of your family, but also of your community. You are the flag bearer. What is that flag? That flag represents the values, the mission, the vision, the values of the kingdom of God. That you are upholding that flag. You are raising that standard, is, is another word for that for flag bearer, is a standard bearer. You are upholding that standard for your family, for your wife, for your kids, for your business, for your workplace, for your community. The interesting thing about a flag bearer was the flag bearer was supposed to be at the front of the of the wall. Not at the back, at the front. Because people would look at the flag and they would know, listen, this is my battalion. I need to stay close. This is my unit. I need to sit close to the flag bearer. The flag bearer didn't have his own weapons. He trusted his fellow soldiers to protect him. He depended that they would protect him. As the flag bearer conquered territory, as he moved along, the soldiers, the people around him would be encouraged that listen we are busy winning this battle we are busy conquering new territory so the flag bearer was a high priority for this army but also for the enemy because if the enemy could kill the flag bearer, he knows that he will strike fear into their hearts so he was the apart from the from the generals and the captains he was the second the third guy they wanted to kill because if they can get to the flag bearer and that flag's falling, the standard falls. The values fall. Everything that that, that kingdom stands for is going to the ground. And territory is not being uh, gained but lost. Fear has been struck into the people's hearts. So, Dad is calling the dads, uh, God is calling the dads to stand up and be the flag bearer for your family, to raise up the standard, to not be transformed to the foolishness of this world but to be transformed to the likeness of God. There's a war waging. There's a war waging in your soul, but not just in your soul, in your boy's soul as well. Dad, are you going to raise the standard for your boys? God is calling you to take your place as a flag bearer, to run in the front and not be, to be bold about it, not to be fearful because you're running in the front, you don't have weapons. Because you know what? The flag bearer knew, if he looked up to the general, the general was okay with him. The general was pleased with him. He found his confidence in the general, in the captain's eyes. The same with us as flag as dads. We find our confidence by looking at our dad. Our dad. So there's a war waging. The world is telling people, men, that they need to be masculine. They need to be masculine. That's the message the world is proclaiming to us as men. Be masculine. Get a bigger car. Get the new 4x4. Get a bigger house. Get a bigger job. I see in Hollywood, the actors, the men, actually, they, they divorce their wives around about 45. And then they go marry these poppies, these young girls. And then they go for about 15 years, and then they trade them in as well. Because it's about, how do I look? See, the world propagates the outside. He brings the foolishness of the world, the Bible says, is that, you know what, he, he, he communicates, he advocates to the to the men, listen, you are what you own. You are who you know. So as jy nou vir Pieter is so, wat springbok gespeel het ken, wat maak het vir jou? Helicopter pilot met If you know somebody, so what then? I know this person. It makes me feel better about myself. But it actually does nothing for you. Results zero. So the world gives you the junk food. Because the junk food allows you to build your confidence in yourself. But it cannot fulfill your innermost being to belong. You can drive the car. You can own the house. You can have the job title. It will not be... Able to fulfill that inner, inner, inner most wanted belief. And that's to be chosen. That's to be called something. That's to be called something. Wall Street did a a, a survey. And they actually found that 71% of men, 71% less men are studying in the last past five years. And when they do study, they don't finish Women, when they study, they finish. Time magazine found that most men are lo- more likely to stay single than women. More men are most likely to stay with their parents up to about 35, 40 years of age than women. Women will move out, get their own job, get their own house, and have suc- successful careers. Men are less likely to have successful careers. Why, we ask it's been moved around. If you look at biblical times, the main was supposed to be the, the 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 breadwinners, the breadwinners, winners. Okay. Now it's the woman. I'm not, it's not wrong for women to work. It's not wrong for women to be successful. Don't be don't uh, ask um, don't be. I Moenie verskoning, fra, as you ask it Afrikaans and English now. I Moenie verskoning, fra, as you're successful, isn't What we want to say is man. Man up. <laughs> because the world is eager to see good models, role models, genuine role models. that understand that you change from the inside out, not from the outside in. Your confidence is not on the outside. It will be found on the inside. That's where your confidence lies. Um, just men in general. They've got an identity crisis. They don't know who they are anymore. They don't know what their roles are anymore in households. See, what the world gives, they proclaim something, but it always delivers the opposite. Always. And I'll prove it to you just a bit later, later on. So we need, we need to make a decision. Who's going to define who, who, what man is? Will the world define us? Or will we allow God to define us? The architect of the man. There's something that God has placed in each man that only God can elevate. Only God can make that thing that's, that's inside of you come to fulfillment. So that it really produce the fruit that you're longing for. That fruit to be long. That fruit to be loved. If you look at Proverbs, you'll see a lot of themes Regarding manhood, themes of morality, sexual integrity, virtue, integrity, generosity, success, peace, justice, healthy living, winning against pride. So there's a lot of themes regarding manhood in Proverbs. But I want to focus mainly on three things. And I believe these three things are the foundational things we need as men. If you don't have these three things, you've got nothing yet. Because if you want to be a man of integrity, it's not by working harder, it's by sitting more. If you want to be a man of sexual integrity, it's not by working hard. It's not by doing these things. It's by sitting more. No are gila. If you want to be a man of success, it's not working harder. It's by sitting more. Because when we hear these sermons, we think we need to go out here and do something. That's the problem. The world is advocating do something. Do something so that you can earn. The world wants to propagate. Listen, do, 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 do. God is saying, worship, worship, worship. God is saying, come and sit. Come and sit. Be with me. Be with me. Don't go and do. Be. If you guys have seen an apple tree standing in the field going, Mm -hmm. that's an apple, that's an apple. Have you ever seen seen an apple tree doing that? I've never seen an apple tree or a banana tree go, that's a banana. (laughs) An apple tree stands in the field and go, I'm worshiping God. But his roots is in good soil good. goeie bemesting. Sy wortels is gesond. And because it's healthy, it produces healthy fruit. God has not called us to be doings, human doings. God has called us to be human beings. I am who I am. And therefore, I just display what I am on the inside, what I feel, what I sense, what I believe about myself, what I, what, what's in here will be sensed by your wife, will be sensed by your kids. They will experience the fatherhood, the father wound, that's in there, that you're not facing, that you're not dealing with. What, you, when, what we do as, as, as people, as human beings, we see this hurt, and we go by a, Elasto, what what is the place to name? Yeah, that one. What's going right. on? and we here. And we think that people don't see it. People don't sense it. But they do. They do. You can act like it's not there. You can act like it's not a problem. On the end of the day, they sense it. Your kids will experience that. Where's the hardest place to be a Christian? Where's the toughest place to be a disciple of Jesus? In your household. While you're watching rugby. And you're watching rapping, and you feel you feel like something is irritating and you. Like, I don't know what's irritating me. And all of a sudden, you see your wife standing right in front of you. Hello, a pratal for all So I can the inbox here. If I'm focused here, I can only do that. So she knows. She's like, Christo, and it takes me about 10 minutes just to look, okay. Okay, what do you want to tell me? Okay, should it just But I believe the the, the most important thing you need to hear today, the most important thing we need, you need to realize today, today is that we need to be men of virtue. What is men of virtue? It's flag bearers. It's pole bearers. It's men of high moral standards. Once again, don't think, go do now. The world will propagate, go do now. A man of high virtue, high, high uh, moral standards of virtue is a man that knows their God. They know their daddy. Can I ask you something, men? Can you refer to God as daddy? Or do you always need to refer to him as father? See, that's the problem, already. Because your dad always treated you, maybe, as father, son. Not close, but far apart. Or did you have a dad that would pick you up on his, on his lap, look in your eyes and say, listen, I love you. I care for you. Was your dad a daddy or a Father. What is your God? Was was your God from afar or close by? Because I believe, I sense that God wants to heal that inside of you this morning. That you can refer to daddy, to father God as daddy, as Abba. The one I enjoy spending time with. Does it bore you to be with God? Does it bore you to have quiet time? To set time aside in the morning? Does it bore you? Does it frustrate you to read the Bible? Because that's a sad day. God wants you to enjoy him. Ek wil jou vandag iets vraag. Manne, can you do me a favor? Tomorrow morning, tell God a joke. Sit in your quiet time, make it a squin joke, nie a fail joke here, okay? Squin joke. And tell God a joke. Because I really sense God wants you to start enjoying your relationship with him. Ons maak dit it. We make it something so formal that nobody wants to enjoy it. As I altyd it formula, my goodness, Do you think they'll enjoy being with me? When I'm always formal, when I'm, when I'm a, a corporal, a general. It's always like this. They always need to reproduce. The needs, they always need to show something. No. they need to be kids that they enjoy to be with the dad. Hulle sê, ek is funny. ek het like a grapies. Nee, is nou tyd om so te maak. Okay. <laughs> See the world wants you to be a Marlboro man. The Marlboro man, the Marlboro country. So Marlboro started off, it's a cigarette company. It's a cigarette company. So they started off by branding the, the, the cigarettes towards women. Their strategy was they wanted to sell an image for sophisticated women. I'm breaking my tongue now. Sophisticated women. Okay. They, they had this image that sophisticated women, but they only had 1% of the sales in the U.S. Their brand didn't really sell. So they did a study. They went back, they interviewed women and men, and they actually found that women wants to smoke because they believe it makes them more attractive to men. The opposite is true yeah, I must say. Okay, the opposite is <laughs> true. Jy brand af, daar kom rook uit. Ek verstaan nie wat angelie. Okay. God, God. But then they, they started to interview men. Men smoke because they believe it makes them more masculine. Weirdest thing. So they started branding Marlboro cigarettes towards men and they sell this idea. They said, listen, come over to the Marlboro country of rugged men, hard-bearded men. They stink of mess because they round up their cattle and they're very tough. They're very masculine. And what they found found out years later, when you start smoking, it doesn't make you masculine. It makes you die. If you want to be masculine, go to the gym. Not smoking. So the world will give you ideas, very vague ideas. They don't want you to think about it. They just want you to act. Why? Because they want to make money. are the only They don't care for you. So the world sells you ideas. The result of selling the ideas and eating those ideas from the world is always death. Will never fulfill. Will never bring you peace. Will never bring you fulfillment. Will never make you feel like I'm good enough. I'm chosen because you will always feel the gap when somebody else drives up with a Ford, with a new Ford, of, oh, a not a A Ferrari, sorry, it's a good car. Ford's a good car, but the Ferrari. You always feel like you know what? I need to do more because I need to. I need. I need to add up. I need to. I'm Jones for a like, and I fall The world will always leave you hanging. Always. Always. Men, the world will always feel you, make you feel like you're hanging. You don't know where you're going. It will confuse your identity. As a matter of fact, guys, the world's been selling us junk all the time, and we've been eating it as Christians. We've been filling the gap with junk food, and we keep on being hungry. Lately, Facebook has, I think, 58 gender identity options. 58. Medical news something like that has um, has 71 gender identities. There's multiple sites that you can choose from anything from four to 84 gender identities. The result of the world is always confusion, always. Always, be masculine men, men feel less masculine, men feel less like men, men don't know who they are, men have an identity crisis, because the world's been giving them junk food, that's the result of the world, men of virtue, God's not calling you to be a real man, vraag your vrou a real man is, of gaan vir jou sê, ja, a real man, But God doesn't call you to be a real man. If you're a man, you're a man. You're a real man. God's calling you to be a godly man. God's calling you to be a different man. God's calling you to allow him to define you. Not the world. God, will you define me? Proverbs 3 verse 1. My son. Stop quickly. My son. It is the highest calling you can obey. It is the highest position you'll ever be able to accomplish. The highest achievement ever, ever you'll be able to achieve. Why? Because you call Jesus my son. And not just my son, my beloved son. So it's actually making you equal to Jesus. My son, Jesus. My son, Donnie. My son, Ricky. My son, Christian. My son Joshua, what an honor to be called his son. What an honor. Just this this idea should make us stop in our tracks and say, God, forgive me. Because I've tried to prove myself as a son. And I can't. You are my boys. Guys, I love you. I love you. You haven't bring any money into the house up till now. I love you. You haven't produced any grandkids for me, but I love you. You don't have jobs, but I love you. You made your clothes and you jy on the die side. I still love you. I love these boys. You belong. To me, but also to God. God chose you for me. That makes you good enough for me. Joseph, I love you. you. <laughs> do you hear the Father saying? I'm asking a rhetorical question here. Do you hear? The, do you hear the Father saying, "My slave"? I'm not saying, do you really sense that when you sit with God? When you sit with God, what's the feeling? I'm not good enough. I'm a slave. I need to do, do, do. Or am I hireling. As long as God gives me, I'll serve him. If he doesn't give me, I don't serve him anymore. Two months, late, two months ago, I buried a, a 12-year-old boy. He died of cancer. Do you know what the parents said afterwards? God is good. God is loving. We serve him with all our hearts. They're not slaves. They're not hirelings. They're sons. That he gives me, I serve him. That he doesn't give me, I serve him. Pain will come. Pain will confuse you. Because pain will make you feel like, how can I experience this pain, God? I don't understand that. So you can do two things with pain. You can either choose against God i say, God, use this pain so that I can serve you better, love you better. Because he pained his own son. Was it right for God to pain Jesus? Was it right for him to, to, to allow him to, to die on the cross? Was that right? Yes, it was. Because God thought of you. That's what it was. So maybe you don't understand why you experience pain, why you experience um, the unsuccessful career, why you experience stuff. Maybe it's your own doing. But sometimes God allows these things to happen because he wants to train you. He wants to discipline you because he loves you. I lay in Salimbaos by Philip, by brother bed. We stayed with Philip when we just moved down to, to the Western Cape. This is about now, what, 18 years back. I was lying on bed. Stuff didn't work out for me. Stuff was tough. And I laid on bed and said, God, it feels like you're punishing me. And I heard my God clearly saying, I punish only those who I love. Oh, you love me. Wow, punish me, God. God is calling you my son. Listen, men, and I can say this to you, but it will mean so much more if God says it to you. But I'm going to say it in any case. God really loves you. And don't measure God's love how much money you earn do do that. Because then the guy that's staying in the, in the shack must be less loved by God. Because he's got less. Because that's the world. That's the system of the world. God says he loves you. Maybe you've brought in nothing. Maybe you've done nothing. God still loves you. And really this is the most important point I want to put down today. I almost want to stop you. Just to let it sink in. I'm going to say this again. Allow God to define you. Because the wisdom of the world will lead to foolishness. The wisdom of God is to fear God. To love Him. Main of virtue, they know their God. They call their God, not God, but Daddy. Abba. Father. The one that loves me. And they know that when I experience pain, maybe it's the devil attacking me, resist him. Maybe it's me because I, did this, uh, I, I made stupid decisions, start making wise decisions. Maybe it's sometimes just God allowing stuff to happen in your life because He wants to train you. Yes, He's my healer. Yes, He's my, the one that provides, but He's also my teacher. He's also my dad, my mentor, teaching me, training me, helping me to become more and more like Him. If you understand God's. Excuse me, I've not got my computer here. Where is it If you understand God's heart towards you, you'll pick up on his motive towards you. Men of virtue are men that's relationally connected. So God's heart is, listen, understand that you're my son. Understand that I love you. If you have that right, if you can get that, not just in your head, but in your heart, the outflow will not be more stuff. Success is not more stuff. Success is a happy person because they know they loved and they can display love towards others. They've got a great relationship with their wives. They love their wives. They understand God's heart, that God is asking you that you wash your wife with your words, that you love her, that the standard of beauty is not found in the magazine. It's found in your wife. That's mean of virtue. They know who they are. They don't need any other wife to be to look better. They can just love their wives. En vandag is jy dalk sukkel in jou huwelik. If you may be struggling in your in your marriage, men it starts with you. You are the leader. You are the leader. I don't care if you tell me but jy verstaan die my vrou nie. Sy's 'n spreuke vrou. Nie spreuke 31 nie, da's ander spreuke. Die, die gedref van 'n kraan. Dis my vrou daai. Die van vrou so van spreken, So, he says a Proverbs vrou, Yamara maar So, you're going to arrive in heaven one day, and God's going to say, why don't you love your wife? And you're going to go, didn't you see God? My wife did this and this and this and Then God's going to ask you, listen, whose commandments is this? Your wife's or mine? Are you loving your wife because she's doing something? Or are you loving your wife because I told you to love your wife? Ja, maar, sê, nie, mooi nie, man. Zet een nou plooie bygekryd, drie kinders later, you chose, be a man of integrity, still love her, allow her to be the standard of, of beauty, en ek wil het nou sê, is nou kinders, <laughs> ok, ek ga nie, ek my dochter luister, <laughs> they connect with their wives, they connect with their kids, they relationally connected, that, your highest accomplishment will be called will be to be called a son of God. Allow your boys, allow your daughter to feel the same. Spend time with your kids. Every now and then I take my kids out for a milkshake or sushi or a burger. And then I sit down with them. But when we sit down, when I sit down with them, I tell them, listen, ask me anything, say anything, anything. That's me. It's an intimate time. I want to disciple my kids. It's my priority. He's God's things. is my priority. So this is what statistics say. 60 to 75% of your kids' identity will be determined by dad, not mom. 60 to 75% of a kid's identity will be determined by what dad says about them, not mom. You've got authority in your household that mom doesn't carry. The same with God. When God looks at you, you know what he says in Romans eight thirty-seven: You are more than a conqueror. Why? Because I love you. It's like this. Ek gaan even Dani en René bekeer uit wil. is nie a cage fighter nie. Maar kom maar sê vandag, Dani is a cage fighter. Dani is a cage fighter, he goes into the UFC world championships, and he actually wins the battle. He wins a, a thousand, a million dollars. Nie a thousand dollars nie, dit sal nie werk nie. A million dollars. He's a conqueror. He's a winner. Do you agree with me? He comes back home, and his wife, Renee, says, money, honey. Give me the money. She's more than a conqueror. You get the idea? She's done nothing. She's done nothing. She's just loved him, supported him. He's, done, he's been beaten up. He's been bleeding. He's been training. He's been doing everything. He came, comes back home, and she just says, listen, money, honey. She's more than a conqueror. God says, listen, you are more than a conqueror. You've done nothing. Zero. What is Soutu? For delay. Wie van julle was the conference? i not say what Simon said. But you've done nothing. The only thing you've done was, God, I want to experience your love. I want to be called your son. That's my deepest desire, to be called your son. That makes you more than a conqueror. And now you start acting according to that fruit because you've changed from the inside out. You've allowed God to change you. Men that's connected to their churches. Men, serve a church. Train your kids. Train your wife. Show your wife how to be connected to a spiritual family. Don't be secluded. Don't be excluded. Excluded. Be involved. Be involved in your community. Serve. Be relationally committed. Be courageously connected with somebody else, another man, that helps you to be godly. Be in a connect group. I want to I really encourage you. These are simple, basic principles. But it will have a lot of power if you allow God to work through you. God defines you. That's the main definition we get. But you know what? God defines us also through community. God defines me in Community. Because what people tell me, what Eugene tells me, actually confirms what God is telling me. And it's actually building something inside of me. God is s- sowing seeds in your heart right now through the sermon. Through me speaking to you. You need men. You need men in your life that can tell you, listen, don't speak to your wife ever like that again. She's your princess. The way you speak to your wife is the way you honor God. It's not your wife. It's first the God's daughter, then your wife. Let's get priority straight. You won't speak to my daughter. You not a my daughter Okay, so But she's my daughter. The same with God. Your wife is firstly God's daughter. Forever, 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 she'll be God's daughter. She's only your wife for a, for a certain time period. Your kids, honor them. Respect them as God's children, not just yours. They don't belong to me. They belong to God. Honor the Father to the, through your relationships, to the way you, 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 you treat other people. And when you understand God's motive to you, you understand His Spirit. You get His Spirit. I men, I want to ask you today. The world is propagating masculinity. Masculinity. God is propagating that you'll be men that's humble. Men that's kind. Let's just quickly read that scripture. The third one. A man who's kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. Proverbs eleven seventeen. You know what Ephesians 5:21 says, Men like to quote to tell their wives Ephesians 5:22. Uh, do you know what it says? Wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. We love to tell our wives. Listen, submit." was uh, We actually went to, a, to an house. we had to do counseling because the man was beating up his wife, and I asked him, "Why do you beat your wife?" And he told me, listen, uh, I'm training you how to be submissive. To, to, to say, I can kneel, kneel to car, Let's train him how to be submissive. Come on, help him. I Ephesians 5, 21 says, be submissive to one another. Submission is a spirit we carry. Do you know the, the, the spirit the world propagates? is lust. It's lust. Get and you'll become. That's lust. The spirit of love is one of serving, of giving. The spirit of love is, is, a, is a teachable spirit. It's a humble spirit. It's a kind spirit. Carla was about, I don't know, eight years old. And I, I did something that hurt her a lot. I could see it because she was crying. And I on that moment I realized I, I've heard her and I've done, I've done it wrong. So I went to a knelt down. I not have said it can be. And the katana work kyk, en and said, Carla, forgive papa. I was verkeerd die. In that moment, God spoke to me and said, Christa, you've literally just now trained your child, showed your child how to ask for forgiveness. Because I've modeled that. Great men, men of virtue, it's not Marlboro men. They men that that holds up up the standard. They are men that can be kind, that can be submissive, that can serve their families, that can really love their families. They are humble, they are influenced by love, not lust. They handle authority with respect. They know how to handle authority. They know that authority gives them a place where they need to firstly of all serve God. Authority for them is a place not of means rondes shanty, but it's a place of servanthood. Leadership is not, uh, um, servanthood is not a stepping stone to leadership. Leadership is servitude. Servanthood. God is calling us guys to know our God, to understand that the highest calling, the best achievement ever, will be to be called Son of God. I've saved on my screen of, of, my, of my phone something, a quote that I've read in a book. It states the following. Wacht yeah, my phone my phone. My vrou wil It's not about what you can achieve, but who you become. As a reminder daily, when I open up my phone, Krista, it's not what you can achieve. It's who you become. You are called to be a human being. You are called to be a son of the most high. That's your highest calling. I need to remind myself because the world is giving me junk food and it it looks great. That lake Lacquer. Do you know why most men don't finish studies? Because they're looking, they're looking for a McDonald's drive-thru. They don't want to show character. They don't want to show endurance. They don't want to show the fruit of the Spirit. They just want the deal. They just want the results. But the results always turns out to be not sufficient, not fulfilling. I really sense that God wants to heal some people here this morning. So can I ask us that we close our eyes. This was also to Mark. as I prepared this sermon I just sense that God wants to heal the father wound not just in the men but also in the ladies I have a godly dad I really do but I carried a father wound in my my soul because of one or two things he did in his weak moment he said stuff to me until this day I can still remember those words At my 21st birthday, he did something. Not a bad thing. He just forgot to to celebrate my birthday the way he celebrated my brother's birthdays. And it hurt me. I had a father wound. And that made me feel for a long time in my life that I'm not chosen, that I'm not good enough, that I will never be a success, that I will never add up. And that's because of a father wound. And God had to to heal that wound inside of me. Because that that wound hinders me that when I approach God, I approach Him with the same wound and I see my dad in God. And God wants to heal that. God wants to change your picture of how you approach Him. So if that's you, this is for the men or the women, if you feel like God wants to heal that father wound inside of you. We're going to start off by forgiving our dads. Right now, just as a a decision, a prayer. So if you're brave enough, just pray after me. If it's you, you, you can pray a silent prayer. You don't have to pray it out loud. God, I come to you this morning. And I've realized, God, that I've approached you the way I've approached my dad. And the thing that's been keeping me to approach you as my my daddy, as the one that's close to me, is that I've experienced pain in my being. It's made me feel like I'm not good enough, that I will never add up, that I'm unsuccessful, That I'm a failure. And I know that's not your heart towards me, Jesus. God, today I realize that my highest calling, my highest achievement will be to be called a son of the Most High King. What a privilege. Father God, come and heal my heart this morning. Heal this wind. I choose today to forgive my dad. Dad, I forgive you. I bless you. Maybe your dad's dead already. Maybe he's passed away. Just forgive your dad. God God wants to heal you, but you need to make that decision. It starts by, by giving forgiveness. I pray this morning that you will raise up a mighty army of men of virtue, godly men of character, men that doesn't seek to fulfill themselves by stuff and by doing, but by sitting, sitting in your presence, experiencing your life for them. Heal our hearts, God Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need your anointing. We need your grace. We can't do this out of ourselves, Lord Jesus. Change us from the inside out. Help us to heal up, Lord Jesus. We want to follow you with everything inside of us. We want to love our wives well, Lord Jesus. We want to love our kids well. We want to establish identity in them. Give them a true sense of security, Lord Jesus. God, you are calling the church in these tough times to stand, to be bold, not to eat the junk, not to eat the junk food, but to raise up a banner, to raise up a new standard that will give men confidence that they can live and be the main. That you envision them to be. I pray just for your anointing now, Holy Spirit, to minister to our souls. And dads, I want to ask you: if you've wronged your wife in any way, go ask for forgiveness, make right. Don't give the devil a foothold in your in your marriage. I wanted to say it earlier. I'm going to say this. I know this kids here. Stop looking at pornography. You're inviting the spirit of lust into your, into your marriage. You will struggle. I guarantee you. Sin will always produce death. Allow your wife to be the standard of beauty for you. Love your kids well. pray this in jesus name god minister to our hearts not just in the service but in this coming week remind us we are sons we are god's boys and he's proud of us he loves us in jesus name amen i just want to end up by one last thing when you read god's word god is prophesying over us truth when he says, listen, you're more than a conquer. You're not all in the state. You're a royal priest. He's not saying you'll become. He says you are. What I've learned in my life, when I told my kids, listen, you're a stout of children. That's why I'm going to take a shot. Then they're going to my you're saying I'm a stout. I'm just going I had to change my language. I, I had to tell them, listen, you're not naughty kids. You're godly kids. Stop acting out of your true nature. Your true nature is you're godly. When you act like this, you're acting like you're not godly. So prophesy over your family like God is prophesying over you. Let's establish identity, true security in our kids. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Chris. Um, I would like to just summarize this morning, I started in Luke 15, I'd love to end there. And just with what Christo has said today, when, when that young son came back to his father, he was trying to, to become something, he was trying to become the hired servant and earn his forgiveness. And what did the father do? He put on the cloak, he took off his cloak, he put it on, he put on a ring, he put on the sandals, and they all represent different things. Um, he he gave him a kiss, and if you look back in that culture of the day, it was it was the kiss of forgiveness. So the community could see that the father had forgiven. So that son was coming back to become something, and the father just said, "No, you don't need to become anything. You belong." And and that's what Christ has told us today. So being encouraged this week. Um, going to this day, ponder on, on what Chris has shared read through Luke 15. It's a beautiful story uh, to be reminded. God bless you. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.